0: Last week we looked at this idea that there's ordinary people, that shouldn't be shocking to us, that there's a lot of ordinary people like you and me, but we have an extraordinary God. And so we're looking at this, we're starting this for this summer looking at some different people in the Bible. Last week we didn't look at a person in the Bible, we looked at a current martyr named John Chow, and, and he died for his faith a few years ago because he wanted to teach people about Jesus. He wanted to be a witness. And so, wherever God is calling you, wherever God is calling me, we want to be faithful to say yes. We want to say yes and amen to whatever God says. So whether that is going into a risky place, like this, uh, this guy that we talked about last week, we want to say yes. So today we're going to be, or actually... Um, So the main idea on the next slide from last week was God sends ordinary people who are surrendered to him, surrendered to his will, to do what he wants to accomplish his extraordinary purpose. And so we have an extraordinary God, and he uses ordinary people. So we're looking at that. So today we're going to be looking at this woman named Hannah. So I want to encourage you to open your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 1. And in 1 Samuel, we, there's a lot, this is a big book, in 1 Samuel in the Old Testament, so it's right after the tiny book of Ruth, 1 um, Samuel talks about the, the prophet Samuel and how he anoints the, the, new, the first king of Israel, Saul, and then he anoints the second king of Israel, David. And, and there's, there's actually, this book is so long, that or the scroll in Hebrew was so long, they had to just put it in two scrolls. That's why it's called First Samuel and Second Samuel. Not because they wanted to just split in two books. Just it was so long that we have a first part and a second part. But the very first chapter of First Samuel, we learn about this family. And in this family this family, there was a man that married two women. Now, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> Actually I'm gonna say that's a bad idea. In fact, every time we saw in the Bible that where there's multiple spouses from one man or you know, it, it's it's not it doesn't go well. I mean, think about think about Jacob. Jacob, he married two sisters. And these two sisters, they rivaled each other. You know, one sister had kids and so she received kind of a glory, honor. She was She could produce children for her husband. The other sister struggled and was barren and couldn't do that. And we see a very similar story right here at the beginning of 1 Samuel. And it's not Genesis. It's 1 Samuel. So let's read about this story. Uh, And so there's this man that has two women as wives. And they're not sisters. At least it doesn't say who they are. And Hannah was the one that didn't have children. So let's pick it up in verse 3. And it said, year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where two of Eli's sons were the priests. Where, whenever that day came, this is the man's name is Elkaniah, uh, Elkaniah, he came to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, the first wife is Peniah, and and also to her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, his other wife, he gave a double portion because he loved her and because the Lord had closed her womb. Okay, Notice, the Lord had closed her womb. This isn't like an accident. Okay, Verse 7, it says, This went on year after year. When Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her until she wept and she could not eat. This other wife, this, this lady, was provoking her so badly, making her feel like that she wasn't worthy because she didn't have any kids. And her husband would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't you mean? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? I, I think this is where, as husbands, we kind of struggle sometimes to understand the depths of what's happening with our wives, with our, hopefully, one wife. We don't quite understand. We, women are a lot more uh, complex than men, I think. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Uh, don't ask me. <laughs> Maybe ask a woman. Uh, but this, this man thought if he could just give a double portion, she'd be okay. If, if he could just love, he just showed her, told her about his love, that she would be okay. No, she wanted children. She wanted to have a child of her own that she could say, look, I'm not worthless. Now, in our culture, that's not the case. But in their culture, if a wife couldn't produce a child... In fact, some of the scholars, when they looked this up, might have, they thought that maybe Hannah was the first wife. And after some years of her not being able to have a child... Then the man said, "Okay, well, I need to have some children, and I love Hannah, but i 'm going to marry another woman so that, that could have been the case we don 't really know, but it says here in verse nine, once they had been finished once they had been finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up, and now the Eli the priest was sitting in the chair of the, by the doorpost of the lord 's house in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. Can you imagine this? Like she is just so downcast. She's, she's so just emotional. She's so wanting this request so badly that she just is, her countenance has changed. And, her, and she just is so, um, I mean, she's weeping bitterly, it says. And so it says here in verse 11 that she made a vow to the Lord Almighty. She said, Lord Almighty, which by the way, that, that term, Lord Almighty, the first time it's used in the Bible is in this chapter. Lord Almighty. We talked about different names of God, but this one wasn't used until, until Samuel. But Lord Almighty. So she's saying you can. You have the power. You are able. Okay, She says if you would only look at your servant's misery and remember Remember me, look how miserable I am, and do not forget your servant. But give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. If you're kind of confused about the no razor on your head, they're not talking about. It's not because they didn't want the child to look like me or some of the other people that don't have much hair. It was not about that. It was, it was a Levite vow. It was like the same vow that Samson had in one of the judges where he didn't cut his hair and the, and the Lord gave him strength. So she's saying, if you would just remember me, look at me how miserable I am. Look, The only thing I really want, the only thing I really care about is to have a child. And she said, what, if you give me a child because I know you can, then I will give him to you. Now, what's interesting in the next few verses, it, 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 she, is so, she, her, she is pouring out her heart to the Lord. But notice she's not using verbal words. Okay? As she was praying to the Lord, the priest observed her mouth. And Hannah, while, while she was praying, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. So he thought, wow, she must be drunk. And he said, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. And Hannah in verse 15 said, not so, my Lord. I am a woman who is deeply troubled, and I have, I have not been drinking wine or, or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. I wanted something so badly. I want something so badly that I am just going to tell him. I'm going to be honest with the Lord. I'm making a vow to the Lord. She didn't say all that, but she said, I have been praying. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. I don't know how Eli responded. I don't know what he thought when he responded, but I think he was like, all right, all right. Good, good to, glad you're not drunk. Um, But he says, go in peace. And he just kind of throws in there like, well, may the God of Israel grant you whatever you've asked of him. I don't know what you prayed about, but you definitely want it, and you definitely are pouring out your soul to God. I'm just going to pray a blessing that that would happen. And she said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And she went away, and she ate something. And she laid down, and her face was no longer downcast. She wanted something so badly she wanted something and so she went to the lord in her distress and so our first point today and we're looking at mostly like parenting i know she wasn't a parent at this point but godly parents seek the lord in their distress raising kids has a lot of stressful moments now i know at this point in the story she didn't have a child. But what she did when she was full of stress, when she was distressed, when she didn't know what to do, is she went and poured her soul out to God. She went to Him. She asked Him. Now, she didn't demand, but she just went to the Lord. She didn't say, you have to do this for me. She said, if you would remember your servant, if you would just essentially take the misery away from me, she went to the Lord in her distress. And when, when you're parenting or grandparenting, when you're being a, in the family of God in this congregation to these little kids, and, and you see running or chaos, we, we all need to help in raising these children. But we first need to remember to go to the Lord. We can't fix the problem ourselves. We, we try, especially as men. I know we like to try. But we can't do it ourselves. We need to go to the Lord and seek the Lord in our distress. And so Hannah, she sought the Lord. She poured out her soul. She poured out... And, and, and the Lord isn't upset when we do that. Sometimes maybe we think that God can't really handle our emotions. God, can't, God doesn't want to hear about our messes. We just need to pray like, the right prayers and we need to pray the right way and very you know, just the, the, kind of the right thing. No, I want to tell you, God can handle it. God wants us to be open to Him. He wants us to pour out our souls. I mean, if you read in the book of Psalms, there's a lot of times where the psalmist is pouring out their soul to the Lord. But notice in Psalms most of the time, it turns to praise. It turns to praising God. So in our distress, let's seek the Lord. Okay? Then it says in in verse 19, it says, early the next morning, they arose and they worshipped the Lord, and then they went back to the house at, at Ramah. So it says that, They made love, and the Lord remembered Hannah. Okay? The Lord remembered Hannah. Over the course of time, Hannah became pregnant, and she gave birth to a son. And she named him Samuel, saying, Because I have asked the Lord for him. So the miraculous thing happens. Her womb was closed. She was not able to have a kid. There's no possible way she could do anything to fix the problem. But she went to the Lord. She cried out to the Lord. She asked Him to remember her, to help her, to give her this this precious gift. And I want you to notice that she believed that the Lord is able. And that's our second point today. I think godly parents believe that the Lord is able. Now, it doesn't mean that we're telling God, you have to do this, God. You have to do this. That would kind of make it seem like we're in charge. And we're God. But we're not God. We have one God, the Almighty. And He is able to do anything. And, and do you think he, he wants to help us? Some, he wants to help us? Yes. Does He always help us? No. Does he, the people that he helps, does he love more than the people he doesn't help? This is not a trick question. <laughs> no. He loves, but we don't understand sometimes why good things happen to bad people or why bad things happen even when we pray for them not to happen. Right? If God is able, then why doesn't he do everything good for us? If God is able, then as soon as we come to Christ, why don't we have the perfect life? Wait, you do? you do? I don't. Well, we don't have the perfect life. The only time we're going to have a perfect life is when we are in His presence in eternity with Him. All right? And I get excited about that day. It's not to say I want this, this earth and this, this earthly life to end soon. I don't know. I want to be with Jesus and I want us to know that believing that the Lord is able means that we're trusting Him. We're trusting Him when He answers us how we want Him to, and we're trusting Him when we're getting the no. Hannah easily could have got the no. She easily could have, like, I don't know, was she expecting that God was going to give her a child? I don't know. But it says as soon as she made that prayer, as soon as she had that encounter with Eli the priest, that her her countenance changed that she had peace that she moved on and so what, for us whatever our circumstances are whatever you're going through we need to give it to God let him handle our pain our distress and then we need to trust that he can do anything he can do anything we were all excited a few days ago. We found out that Greg Leisman doesn't have cancer. Like, isn't that awesome? Yeah. That's right. But was it because he made a vow and he like said he's going to, I don't know. But, but we can trust that God is good in the good and in the bad, right? It, even when it doesn't seem like it's, gonna, it's going well for us. Even if the, the cancer, maybe if the outcome would have been different for Greg, he, I, I talked to him. He was still saying, if this is the end, if my life is supposed to be over soon, I trust Jesus and I trust his timing. And so, yes, we can be really excited that cancer is not in his body, but that wasn't going to determine if he believes that God is able and if he's going to God, right? And that's for us too. So then we see in, in 1 Samuel, so we saw that, that, that we can seek the Lord in our distress and we can believe that he is able. And then in verse 21, after having the child. Now here's, here's the hard part. So God gives her what she asked for. That, was, that wasn't the hard part for her. That, that was the easy part for her. Now the hard part for her is, do I, do I do what I said I would do? Do I really? Maybe God didn't really hear that I was talking about giving my son for his life. Maybe, I, maybe he didn't really, maybe he just cared about the first part, giving me a son. We start justifying things, right? And I'm sure she was thinking some of those thoughts because she's human and she's a mother, And she she loved her son. I mean, I can't imagine walking up to a priest or walking up to the house of the Lord and, and handing over one of my children, especially a baby, and saying, here you go. I can't imagine. All right, let's read what it says here. So in verse 21, when her husband went up, with his family, to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord. And to fulfill his vow, Hannah didn't go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. So right away, she's telling her husband, I don't, we don't know how many months after, or how long this is, but right away she's telling her husband, I am going to do what I said I would do. Uh, Give me a little more time. Let me make sure he's okay. In verse 23, it says, the the husband said, Do what you think seems best. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good on his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. And after he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephod of flour, and a skin of wine, and, she, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. Now, so she's bringing the, the, what the necessary re- requirements were for a sacrifice. Okay? So in verse 25 it says, When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to the priest Eli. And, he, and she said to him, Pardon me, my lord. As surely as you live... I am the woman who stood here before you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I've asked of him. I'm sure he was like, that's great. Awesome. That's so good that God gave you a child. Awesome. And then she says, Now I give him to the Lord for his whole life will be given over to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. Now, Again, Dwayne kind of mentioned this earlier, but this, this woman bringing this, this baby to the priest. This is the baby I prayed for. Now he's yours to take care of. <laughs> I, now, the only thing it says about Eli right there at the end of this chapter is Eli worshipped the Lord. He worshipped the God Almighty. He saw that this woman, in her deep distress got what she wanted, but didn't just forget about the vow. I mean, who did she tell about this vow to? We don't know. But the Lord knew. And so she made the commitment to do what she said she would do. And what she did, is our third point, is she gave her child back to the Lord. Godly parents give their children back to the Lord. What we saw today... And what we see often in churches is we dedicate our children. And what we're saying is, God, these kids are your gifts to us. And, and even though they're, they're given to me, I'm going to return them to you. Now, what Duane was saying earlier about not wanting the gift, that, that's humorous. Oh, you shouldn't have. You didn't. Oh, thank you. You really didn't have to. That's, that's, that can be true at Christmas or a birthday or something of something you don't really want. But kids, kids, what we know, are a blessing from the Lord. And, and so as parents, receiving these gifts, receiving a child, it, it, it takes trust to give them back to the Lord. Now, I think it would take a lot more trust if we knew that giving back to the Lord meant doing what Hannah did and actually giving their children to be raised in the church. But I think, is it that much different? I mean, yes, we're not asking the kids to, be, to live here in this church. We're not asking the kids to, to you know, be raised here. But we kind of are, aren't we? Not, not physically. We're not saying... Physically, these kids come live here. And physically, we're going to raise you. But we kind of are. We are saying, we want you to be part of our lives. We want you to be part of this church. We want you to be part of our family. And we're going to teach you. And we're going to guide you. And we're going to do life with you. And you're going to learn why we trust in the Lord. So We give as parents, as godly parents, we give our children back to the Lord and to His family. I wonder when I looked at this, can can God relate to Hannah giving her only son to God? Can God the Father relate to Hannah? Yes, that's the message of salvation. God the Father sent His only Son. To be given as the perfect gift, as the sacrifice. That's why we're here, right? To worship the Son. To worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So God can relate. He knew it, he, that He did that. That, he, that. that Hannah, this is like a, kind of a, a foretaste of what God was doing. That He gives His only Son. He gave His only Son But in Samuel's case, he wasn't sacrificed. Jesus was. Samuel went on to be a great prophet. Jesus went on to be a a great man and God at the same time, which is confusing to understand sometimes, but same time, God and man, and teaching people about God. Similar to what Samuel was doing, teaching people about God and talking to God. Like Samuel, he had this relationship with God where he could hear God. Jesus, he had this relationship with God, the Father, where he could hear God. But Jesus went to the cross in complete surrender to His Father's request. The only way that, this, that we could be saved is by Jesus' death on the cross, taking the place of our sin. And we only have life in Jesus. And so sometimes as parents, we want to say, I want to hold on to everything I have. I want to hold on. My, I, want to, I want to protect my kids. I want, to do, I want to keep them close. I'm not trying to say that's wrong. But, what's, but what we have to understand is that our kids, and just like our life, is not about us. It's about God. It's about giving God glory and honor. And, and we can try to protect these kids as much as we can. We can not send them to summer camp this week, David and Emily, but we are. We can, we can say, "No, you have to stay here. I'm going to protect you. I'm not going to." No, but there's no... We can't fully protect. We can't fully keep bad things from happening to our kids. But we can trust that as we give the gift to God, we can trust that whatever God wants to happen is going to happen. And God is able. And then when we are in distress, we can go to God and He can handle it. And so we can, as godly parents and grandparents and godly church, we can seek the Lord. In our distress, we can believe that He is able. And we can give these children to the Lord for the training and instruction of these kids. Our main idea today is that blessing comes through surrender and being obedient to the Lord. We see that Hannah, she was blessed. And if you read 1 Samuel chapter 2, you'll see all about how she praised God. I encourage you to read that this afternoon or tomorrow. Read her prayer to God, her blessing. This is her giving her son away to the church and the blessing that she received through that, through her surrender and her obedience to the Lord. And then it even says in chapter 2 that she went on to have other children. So God blessed her with the desire that she wanted to have children. So we could, and, and that applies, this, this main idea applies to us too. That blessing comes when we surrender. And it comes when we obey. When the Lord is asking you to do something, even if it's hard, we say yes. And even if we don't want to, we say yes. And there's blessing in obedience. We tell that to our kids. There's blessing in obedience, so you need to obey. (laughs) But there is blessing in obedience. There's blessing in surrender to the Lord. We see that Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, Jesus, on the night that He was arrested, He said, not My will, but Yours be done. He is in complete, ultimate surrender to His Heavenly Father. He, re- he was going to the cross in surrender and obedience to the Heavenly Father. And the blessing that comes from that is all of us that choose To trust Jesus with our life. Because he is the only way to God. He's the only way that we can have a relationship with God. only way we can go to heaven is through Jesus alone. And So there is blessing. Before I close, I just want you to think about this for a moment. About this this idea of blessing. This idea, what are you, what am I currently asking? What am I pouring out to the Lord? What is on my heart? And what am I trusting that His will is best at no matter what? Lord Almighty, we know that You give good gifts. And that You are able to give whatever You want to. That You have power to do whatever we want. But God, we trust that You know what's best. God, if there's There's some of us here that are crying out to You, God. Crying out for for A or B or whatever it is. God, I pray that, first of all, that You would draw us into Your presence. That we would trust You for the outcome. That we would know Your heart and that You listen and You care and You love God, I do pray if there's people that are, that are needing a miracle, they're needing something from you, God, that you would help them to trust fully in you and your will. And God, we, we pray that you would remember your servants in our distress. But not just that we're asking you to do whatever we want, God. We're asking you to be God. And we are thankful that we aren't. And so God, we just trust you. We ask that we would continue to seek you with all our heart. That we would learn your ways, your goodness. God, we thank you today that we could dedicate children. We ask that we would each be part of raising children in the instruction and the fear of you, God. Give us wisdom, Lord, we pray. We need your wisdom. And the way we relate to each other, the way we help, the way we seek others out. And God, we just pray especially blessing for these children that were dedicated today. And we ask this all in, in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.